Well, good morning. Y'all saw the ladder come out, didn't you? <laughs> I'm like, we'll see what happens here. I know we're all missing Pastor Kurt, uh, still on sabbatical also, AKA Pastor Dad. So I just thought I just wanted to bring him with me through the view of the ladder example. But I'm so excited to get to bring the word as we're in the middle of our mixtape series while Pastor Kurt is on sabbatical through December. We have different people coming and speaking on different things. And I personally am just so excited this morning as I was praying over this. Um, I, I just feel this welling up within me, and I, I always try to pray over what is it that the Lord wants to speak to his people today. That's what preaching is. That's what this hopefully will be for you, but I just feel like I'm supposed to get Get some excitement in the room of what God's about to do in our lives and what he's about to do in our world and the part that we get to play in it. Because sometimes I think that Christians walk around looking a little dreary all the time. But we have the greatest hope there is. We have a God who makes things new. We have a God who has more in store for us. We should be looking forward, looking to what he has in store for us. And I'm just excited about today's message. And if I'm the only one who gets excited, I feel like God did a work in me and I'm excited too. But I just wanna pass this on to you and I pray that I just get to be um, a vessel of what God has in store this morning. So let's pray and get into the word. Lord, we thank you. We praise you for this community. We praise you for the opportunity just to be together Um, without threat, without outside concern, Lord, but that we get to come together and may we not take this moment for granted. May we not take these minutes, Lord, but you know me, it could be an hour, Lord, (laughs) just lifting up your name and really diving in to what you're speaking to us in our different seasons, our different places that we've come into today. But Lord, I pray that the Holy Spirit joy abounds in this place as we walk out of here today, Lord. May you just be that, speak to our hearts, speak to um, each one of us individually, but also collectively, Lord. um, And may we be receptive to everything you have. In Jesus' beautiful name we pray, amen. Amen, amen. Well, uh, I have been missing in action a little bit along the way, but I'm so honored to be back here. Um, I don't know about you, but it has been a wild season of new things in my life. I know that many of you know, but I haven't been back to preach since I'm a married woman, which is wild. And uh, so I have a new last name, and this is just so fun to get to be up here and um, just to share these moments with you, to be a part of a church community that has been cheering us on during this season. We've been gone quite a bit. We've been up in Montana a lot, as um, Ben has place up there where he's working and we're coming back down and we're just moving all over the place. But we want to say thank you for grace in this season and understanding as there's been so many new things and they're exciting things, but new things always require change. How many of you, when someone, when you have something new, you go buy a new shirt, you go buy a new car, you go buy a new house, new to you potentially, when someone comments on it or compliments you, what do you say? Thanks. It's New, it's new. It's like some, somebody noticed that something was new and you just get so excited to tell them that you just got it, that there's something new in your life. And these are things that we like to share with people. We post it on social media. 
But that's not always the situation that we're in when we're, we don't always have something new. We're trying to navigate the old with the new, the transitions that come in between. How many of you are adventurers? Would you describe yourself as, I like to go do new things, see new things, meet new people. I kind of like that. Some of y'all are like, please just keep me at home. I like my routine. I like what I know. Well, last year, I went to Italy for a month. I just took off. Um, Honestly, deep down in my spirit, I was like, "Uh, this is probably my only chance as a single woman to just be like, I got to (laughs) go. Sorry, Ben. But I went to Italy for a month, and uh, he did visit me while I was there, so that was okay. But we we went to Italy, and I always love looking around at all the very old structures. I love the history, any history buffs in the room. Like, I love going to places with so much history. And uh, I went to the Colosseum in Rome which was absolutely beautiful, and it's just this hundreds and hundreds of years old structure, but what you don't see on the other side are restaurants, vendors, all of the new mixed with the old. And I have another picture just because I want to put it up there because I miss it so much. Is this beautiful picture of this sherbet gelato that you just need to see. So- <laughs> I just, there's no reason for that. I just love that picture. Okay, but what happens was, is we were on the streets, and there's these streets in this video. I was driving. I had this um, T-Rock convertible that I didn't even know was a thing by VW. And if you want to go ahead and play the video, I was driving through these streets, and it had the sensors on the side, and it's like beep, 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 beep. And you had to go the right way. It's the most stressful moment of both of our lives when we were driving through Rome through these things. But all of these cities, these are not made for the new. They're made for horses. Yet you have to have a tiny car to get through it. So often we see in our world the old mixed with the new. We can look around this room, and actually someone yesterday, we had an Arise conference here yesterday, and she told me that her grandpa was a part of the building team for this back whenever Biltmore Nazarene was first built. And she came in yesterday, and she's like, well, I see that you guys still kept some of the stuff. I'm like, yeah, we wanted to keep the old with the new. But what happens in our lives when there's seasons of transitions where we're like, this is the old and the new is over here and we're headed in this direction and what happens in the middle, this change that happens over time. It didn't just get there with the Colosseum and the restaurants and the vendors just like today, just in a moment. It happens over time. How many of you like change? Depends. Good answer. Pastor Dana told me the other day during our staff meeting, and she was talking to all of us, she goes, well, the one thing we can always depend on is change. Change can be fun, but change is a process. Change can be difficult. We're excited about new seasons, but it requires us leaving something else. And today's scripture that we're going to dive into together as we look around the world and we've experienced so much change, especially since 2020. Everything looks different. The way we look at the world is different, but I want to encourage you, it's because 
God has used that moment to do something new on the earth. Are we ready to partake in that? Are we ready to be people who are excited about the new things that God has in store for us? So Isaiah 43, we're going to be there this morning. So go ahead and tap or turn as we say around here to Isaiah 43. And I want to encourage you, this is not a shame thing, if you have your Bibles it's, it's nice to have the weight of it with you as we come into the, in, into the building. I really love having my Bible, but I'm so thankful that we can take it wherever we go, on our phones and on our iPads. It's so amazing that we can do that. And I, I'm excited because Isaiah 43, Isaiah in context, I just want to give this to you. Um, Isaiah is a prophet in the middle of the time of the Babylonian captivity. And so there are actually quite a few prophets alive at the exact same time. Jeremiah and Isaiah were alive at the exact same time. We always think it goes like in a certain order, and then when they died, another one came up. They were actually alive at the same time. And Isaiah is a very long book of the Bible. It's um, 66 chapters, and it's so beautiful. But it's split into two parts. So you have chapter 1 through 39 is talking about the disobedience of the Israelites and repentance and blah. It's like, why do you guys keep disobeying? But then he comes in in, verse, or in chapter 40 through 66 and offers hope and restoration. Because when God and the Spirit convicts us, it's because he has hope and restoration in store for us. He doesn't just leave us there in condemnation and saying, you're so bad and you're so disobedient. He's saying, I have hope for you. I have something better for you. I have something new for you in store. Leave it behind and follow me into everything that I have for you. And so Isaiah is here in chapter 43, and we're going to go to verse 16. And it's one of my favorite passages, verses specifically, um, that I go back to consistently. Says this, this is what the Lord says. He who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters, who drew out the chariots and the horses, the army and reinforcements together, and they lay there, never to rise again, extinguished, snuffed out like a wick. This is the Lord who's saying this. He says, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Some of us need to write that on a note card and memorize that verse. Isaiah is saying, see, this is the God when we're in middle of captivity. The God who did all of this for the Israelites is now coming through for us. And he's going to make a way for us out of captivity. But it's going to be in a way that you've never seen before. To hold on to this verse, I remember, (laughs) I'm going to be honest, the the reason why I know this verse through and through is actually I was dating someone a long time ago, and we broke up, and my heart was so sad that every time I started to dwell on the situation, I would just speak out, forget the former things. (laughs) Do not dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing, even in the middle of heartbreak, that we can see that God can do something new. But now it means so much more to me as I sit with this because I realize that God's saying, this is what I've done. This is what I need you to do because this is what I'm doing. We were singing earlier of the God who was, the God who is, the God who is to come. So he's saying, this is what I've done. 
and this is where you are, so I'm gonna need you to do a couple of things because I'm about to take you into a land that you haven't been before, but to get there, you're gonna have to let go of some things. So the first thing that we focus in on, and my first point today, is actually just a scripture, back to it, it says, forget the former things, do not dwell on the past. As a teacher, it's always nice to have a sticky statement point, but this is just too straight to the point. Forget the former things, do not dwell on the past. I don't know if anyone else in here has a horrible memory like I do, but when you walk out of the door, like you ha- you're on your way to go do something, and when you walk into the next room, you haven't a clue what you were doing. So you find something else to do just so you felt like, you know, <laughs> anybody have those types of memories? You know, it's actually proven psych- psychologically, like when you walk through a door, a lot of times you leave that back, in, like psychologically, it can get left in that room. So if you forget something, you can go back in the room and then a lot of times it'll, oh, that's what I was doing. And then you walk back again. I think that's so funny because I, I just, I forget things all of the time. And we think of this as the word forget in our mind is to disassociate or to neglect something, to leave something behind unintentionally. But when we look at the scripture and the meaning of the word forget, it actually means in the, in the understanding of how this is written, it means to no longer give it weight. No longer give weight to it. Forget the former things. No longer give it weight. Now, this weight is totally fine for a little while. It's only a little five-pounder, and um, you could go walking with it on one lap, two laps, but after a while, it starts to get fatigued, but it's saying, okay, this might not be a huge thing in your life, but God's saying, okay, that, that argument that you had with that person and your coworker that you just cannot get over and you're playing it over and over in your head, he says, don't give it weight. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. God's trying to take your attention somewhere else because when we focus so much on the things that are weighing us down, then all of a sudden we get so focused and we start, everything is complaining. We start thinking about all the bad things instead of looking into what God might be trying to either do in your life or maybe speak into theirs. To not give it weight anymore. But some of us, that's just a, that can seem like a very small, tiny situation that we're going through. (sighs) I thought this was a 25 pounder and it is a 35 pounder, y'all. And, uh, <laughs> and I was concerned I was going to throw my back out. We were all talking about how all of our backs got thrown out. I am one day away. My birthday is tomorrow. I'm like, I'm just getting, you know, we're just getting older by the day. And two weeks ago or three weeks ago, I threw my back out. And I was just sitting there. And I'm like, ugh. And uh, somebody's like, well, what did you do? I woke up from a nap. That's what happens when you get older. It's just what happens when you get older. So I'm taking a risk here. But sometimes what this is right here is everything that's holding you back from walking into everything that God has for you. So sometimes this can be situation that happened to you a long time ago that God said, just lay at my feet. Forget the former things. Drop the weight. Drop it. Forget it. 
Forget those things that are holding you back, the pains that are going on in your life. Maybe you grew up and you had a horrible relationship with your family member, but God's saying, I can redeem that. Just drop it. Let's keep moving forward and watch me move as you walk in faith. But what's interesting when we look at this is actually God also says, don't dwell on the past. Forget the former things. He's actually talking about good things. In Exodus 14, 21 through 22, this is an understanding of the first two verses of 14 to 15. It says this, it says, Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and all that night the Lord drove the sea back with a strong east wind and turned it into dry land. The waters were divided, and the Israelites went through the sea on dry, on dry ground, with a wall of water on their right and on their left. And then the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand over the sea so that the waters may flow back over the Egyptians and their chariots and horsemen. Moses stretched out his hand over the sea and at daybreak the sea went back to its place and the Egyptians were fleeing toward it and the Lord swept them up in the sea and the water flowed back and covered the chariots and the horsemen and the entire army of Pharaoh that had followed the Israelites into the sea. Not one of them survived. So when we look back at Isaiah 14, when we, or 16, when we read it at first, he's like, this is what I say. You know, the one who made a way through a sea and a path through the mighty waters, who drew out the chariots and the horses and the army and the reinforcements together, and then they lay there never to rise again, extinguished and snuffed out like a wick. Remember when I've saved you? Remember the good things that I've done for you? Sometimes we're so holding on to what God did for us years ago, that we're trying to live on this one moment of God coming through for us and not wanting to step out in faith and look for the other ways that he's asking us to go to the next step, go to the next rung, because we're, we're good with how he saved us here. He's saying forget that. Not, not to the point where you're like, I'm never going to remember it because obviously he's bringing it up. But he's like, don't give weight to that. I have something more for you. I have something new for you. But it can be the bad things in our life. I can't tell you for the years that I, I don't know if I lost them because God redeemed them in such a beautiful way. But when I walked away from the church for a few years, I gave so much weight to the things that people said at church, the hypocrisy I saw in church. I gave so much weight to the way that people treated my family when I knew they were people of integrity because we are all broken people and I have been hurt by the church. I really have, which is kind of an irony that I serve at a church. Because God has redeemed that and he's shown me that we can be a part of the solution. We can do it differently, but I lost so much because I was just holding this weight of everything everybody ever said to me at church and growing up and having to be perfect because I was a pastor's kid, and I went off the rails for years because I gave weight to things that God is telling me, forget the former things. I have something new for you. Don't dwell there. The word dwell means like a living space. It's actually like living in that tent. To dwell somewhere means to stay there, to go back there. The Israelites wanted to go back to Egypt because there was food there and not in the wilderness when God let them out of slavery. They wanted to go back to what was comfortable. 
and miss the whole fact that God just freed them. We have a Savior who offers so much freedom for us, but so often, especially in our Western world, we go back to what's comfortable. And that could be in the physical sense, but that's also relationships that are not good for us anymore. That can go back to an argument that keeps playing in our head over and over and over again. And he's saying, I have something new for you. Do not dwell. Do not play that on loop. I, when I was in Italy, <clears throat> I always saw in the afternoons, the older men, they would, the wiser men, they would be sitting out on these, by, by, the, by the road, because I was staying in this little town um, called Calapino in the middle of Italy, like really in the middle of Italy. And no one spoke, not a joke, no one spoke English in the place that I picked for an Airbnb. And they should put that on Airbnb as a warning. I'm just saying. And I went there, and I'm in the middle of this tiny town that was next to this town's fellow. And I'd be driving around. I'd be walking around. There were these, all these old men sitting around and having conversations. And I remember I was talking to my Airbnb host. I'm like, they just are out there every day. And they're reliving the glory days of how it used to be. How there didn't used to be cars driving through our tiny streets because that's not where they belong. I just made that up. I don't know if they said that. But sometimes we get so caught up in the glory days that we're not seeing all of the beautiful things that God's doing in our life right now. I saw something recently when someone passed away and they were saying that was the best time of my life and they were, it was in their early 20s. We need to be a people that continues to grow, that expect God to continue to do new things in our lives that we don't have to dwell back in that one time. We can be thankful for it. We can be grateful for it. We can remember how God came through and how his kindness was so evident, but we get to keep going forward knowing that he's got more in store for us. It's captivity when we're dwelling in the past. But the beautiful part is, is he's saying, forget it. Don't even look at it. Further down, which is so beautiful, a verse that I held so tightly, especially when I had re-surrendered my life to Jesus. It was this verse, and it's further down in that chapter, verse 25, it says, and this is the Lord speaking, he says, I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake and remembers your sin no more. He remembers your sin no more when we ask for forgiveness and we repent. He's saying, trust me, I will take it from you and then I won't remember. I'm not going to hold it against you. I'm not going to keep coming back and hit you with it over and over and over again. You give it to me and I'm going to drop the weight over here and we can keep moving. So if the God of the universe wants, he's like, I'm going to forget about it. Why don't we just drop those things that are hindering us and holding us back, the things that so easily entangle us? Lot's wife in Genesis uh, 19, I always think of this because she is, Sodom and Gomorrah is burning and they said, leave and do not look back. But her whole life was there. Her friends were there probably. Everything, her home that she built was on fire. And God says, leave and do not look back. And what does she do? She looks back and she turns into a pillar of salt different kind of salt and light, okay? I just don't want to get that combo, 
messed up with our vision statement. This is a different type of salt. This is not good. She lost her life because she was told to forget it and she kept looking back. And what happens when you keep looking back and you're trying to look forward, trying to move forward? You're going to trip over things. You're going to run into things. You're going to fall off of a stage. You can't do it well if you're looking back at all of these things and maybe they're good things When God is saying, I want you to go this way and look forward and pursue wholeheartedly after me and everything new that I have in store for you. Throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Pastor Kurt did a great message on that during our Hebrews series over the summer in in Hebrews 12. In Ephesians, it says to take off the old and put on the new being created like Christ Jesus. So when we keep looking back, I think that what happens is God is asking us to trade out the old for the new. And that's a difficult process. This is a divine exchange. But the second point here is that we look at it in verse 19. He says, see, I'm doing a new thing. He's not just like, forget about it, I'm just going to leave you there. He's like, look, I'm doing something new. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? To see, to look. And I love this because it is honestly like almost an exchange of saying, here, I'm going to give you the past. I'm going to give you all these good things. I'm going to give you all the bad things I've struggled with because I want what you have for me now, God. I want the new thing that you have in store for me. I want to watch you do new miracles in my life and the people around you. I want to be transformed. We've been transformed, but we're being transformed. And the change happens in the process from the old to the new. It's not comfortable a lot of times. It's hard work. Change is hard. I remember when Ben and I started dating, I had such a hard time because my singleness season was really beautiful. I had a really, not at first, but the Lord worked on my heart. (laughs) And then I got to the point where I'm like, God, this is so beautiful. It's okay if I don't ever even get married. I have a beautiful family. I have a beautiful community. You've given me great work to do in this world. I'm so excited. I have great friends. I'm involved in the community. I'm okay. So then when Ben comes along, and in my spirit, I was like, that's my husband. I did, and he knows it now. I didn't show him that for a very long time. Thank the Lord for patience in this man. But I was just like, I don't know, because this is so good. This is good. I've got a system. I've got a routine. I've lived on my own for 11 years. God, I got it. (laughs) I don't want it to be disruptive. But he says, see, I'm doing something new. And I had to trust God that I was hearing him that he's going to do something new. He's going to make a way. He's going to help me leave something good for something good. It's a divine exchange. And good is a very strong word because remember in Genesis 1 when God created everything, he said that it was good. A lot of times we think that great is just like the best word. It's like, no, this is a good thing and this is a good thing. But to leave one, to go to the other, it requires change. And we have to see and trust that God is doing something now even if we can't see it in the physical That in the spiritual, we pray for eyes to see, 
that God is up to something great and we're willing to divine exchange it because when you do that, he is faithful. He has come through in mighty ways and what God can do through our marriage is so beautiful now and I see it. But sometimes I was giving so much weight to what was that I almost missed out on what could be. There's something new happening. He's saying, see, even in your captivity, even whenever it's hard, even whenever it's going great, he says, see, I am doing something new. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? One of my favorite random facts in life, you ready for this, is called astronomical dawn. Does anyone know what astronomical dawn is besides somebody who's heard me talk on it before? Just kidding, Kirsten. Astronomical dawn is this. About an hour and a half before you actually see the sun rise up over the horizon, the sun and light is actually in the sky, but you cannot see it with your bare eyes. So this morning, astronomical dawn was at 5.25 a.m., And then there's nautical dawn, that's a little bit after. And then there's civil dawn, which is a little bit after. And then there's sunrise at 628, 38, this morning. But the sun was rising at 525, but you thought it was still dark out. Some of you are in such a dark season. You're in the middle of the wilderness. You're having such a hard time in your relationship. You're having a hard time at work. You're not sure if God even sees you. It's dark out. But he's saying, see, not with your physical eyes, but see with the understanding that even at 525 when it's pitch black out, there is actually light in the sky. You just can't see it fully yet. To hold on to the promise that God is on the move, even when we can't see it. We still walk forward in faith and believe his word. Yesterday we had the Rise Conference here and we got to, I got to talk on Jericho and Joshua 6. And it's one of my favorite messages. I love um, the whole book of Joshua we're going to look at this, these verses here in correlation to what we're reading in Isaiah. And in Joshua 6, verse 1, it says this, Now the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. No one went out and no one came in. And then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands, along with its king and its fighting men. March around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Have seven priests carry seven trumpets of ram's horns, ram's horn in front of the ark, and on the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. And when you hear them sound a long blast on the trumpets, have the whole army give a loud shout. And then the wall of the city will collapse, and the army will go up, everyone straight in. So this is after captivity, and now they're going into the promised land, and Joshua is now the leader after Moses, and he is told by the Lord, he says, see, these huge walls of Jericho, when they're trying to enter into their promised land, some of you are like, okay, I'm trying to leave this behind, but there's something that's stopping me here that I can't get past. There's a problem. There's an issue. I don't have the funds to do this, Lord, that you're asking me to do. I don't know if I have the forgiveness that is deep within me that you're telling me I need to have for this person. There's a wall that's blocking us. But see, 
God says this to Joshua just as he said in Isaiah. He said, see, I have delivered you. They have not walked around. They haven't taken a step around that wall yet. And God already said, I have delivered. A lot of times it is up to us to believe God's word, even when we don't see how that's even going to be possible. How is it possible that that relationship could ever be mended? How is it possible that I could even forgive them even if that relationship never gets mended here? What happens whenever we're in the situations, God, that I feel like I'm trying my best, but I'm just choosing to like, okay, I know that God's always for us. He's our provider. He is our protector. But do we really believe that? Because if we see that God's doing a new thing and we see that he is on the move and we trust that even whenever it feels like we're in captivity, that we can trust his word to us, we will begin to live differently. We'll begin to walk, even if we're fearful, our courage will outweigh the fear. Our faith and fear live in, I think, in like the same capacity. So when your fear goes up, your faith gets smaller. When your faith goes up, your fear gets smaller. That's why I, I always envision it that way. And when we face our fears and we take steps of faith and base it on God's word, do we believe his word? Because he tells them in the middle of Babylonian captivity, forget the former things, I'm doing something new. They had to choose to believe God's word over what they saw. But we have to know his word to believe his word. We've got to be in the word. Even for moments of a day, if it's five minutes, two minutes, two hours, some of us are in seasons where we could spend that long time in the word in the morning. But we have to know his promises to us because what we believe about God is what we perceive about him. And when we enter into those spaces where he's saying to do something that doesn't actually logically make sense, we have to come back to the question, do we believe him? Do we believe his word? I, I think of it like whenever you're watching a news source, whichever one, Ooh. <laughs> you're watching a news source, <laughs> and you're going and you're watching the news, and you're like, wow, the, this news source is my favorite. They never lie to me. They are wonderful. Or you're just like, you know what? They're the ones that I trust the most. Now, do I believe everything they say? No, but when they give me information, I'm just going to assume, for the most part, their heart's right. I could take it. I feel like it's good. It could be truth. But then I go over here, and there's another news source that I'm like, they are always lying. Fake news. Anything they say, what are you going to assume? It's not true. It's not fully true. Or maybe they have some truth thrown in there. It's all of your perception is how you take it in immediately. Of course, you can work through it later. So when we think of God and we think that, oh, he's not for us, he's not going to come through for us, and we're having these loops in our head of how, how, how God's not going to do that when God says something to us, we're like, I don't know if I can trust you. But if we go back to the word, we go back to what he's done in our lives and we remember it and we listen to other people's stories as well of how God's come through for them, then our faith starts to build and we're like, you know what? I can trust him. So then when he says, you need to step out and you need to do something wildly new, you need to start that business, you need to start the nonprofit, you need to start a family, you need to start something. And you're like, oh, 
But I know, because I've been in the word, that God comes through, that God is true to his word. He cannot lie. It gives you the courage to step forward to the new thing that he has for us. Small steps, big steps. He says that I have new things in store. I'm not going to use the ladder. Just kidding, I am. Okay. But this is what this is like because whenever we're in the situations where he's saying, forget the former things, and I really am just doing this to an ode to my father. I wonder if he's watching. Um, But I just feel like when we're on these things and we're forgetting the former things, when God's asking us to do something new, the new thing is up here. It's just like the rungs that we talk about all the time here at Renovation, this transformation. And so whenever we're like, ah, I don't know because I felt safer here. I liked what I knew here. I know how life works here. And God's like, you know what? I'm doing something new up here. Do you want to come? Because we can stay there. God, God gives us permission to stay there if, if we want, but he's like, I have something so much better in store for you. I have healing in store for you. I have restoration in store for you. You get to actually drop that weight that you've been carrying and your back's thrown out. And he says, see, I'm doing something new. Just come on up here with me. Forget the former things. But that step, I'm not gonna go up like my dad does. I just will not because these are not real boots. Okay, <laughs> as Bryce said. Forgetting the former things, not dwelling on the past. See that God's doing a new thing, but it takes risk. It takes courage. It takes believing that this thing is sturdy enough that I can step into the new situation, the new promise, the new life phase, the new season that God has for us. And that's not just individual, that's collective. Because the world's changing, so the church needs to be on guard and looking for ways to witness to the people around us. New ways to meet them there, not just be like, oh, I miss the old days. We could just walk around and knock on the doors and they would just become Christians and they'd come to church with me the next Sunday. That's usually not gonna work in this day and age. New ways to be salt and light, the right kind of salt. (laughs) So where they see something's different, people of courage, people of faith, people who are excited about the future when it looks so dark. Because God will not leave us or forsake us. His promise is this, the last point. He says this, I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. We are in a desert, if you didn't know. We are zonies. We know what this means. Have anybody's tube down the Salt River before? Kayak, paddleboarded, whatever it may be. It's wild. You're like just going down the river and like there's wild horses and there's cactus and you're like, it's 115 degree heat and you're like, this is wonderful. That's what I picture when I read this scripture. I'm like, I'm just floating. God's like, I'm about to make a way in the wilderness in streams in the desert. It's a beautiful thing and it kind of feels weird. Like there shouldn't really be water here, but I'm gonna enjoy it. It's kind of like that, where you're like, okay, maybe this shouldn't really be happening, but God actually came through on his word. He made a miracle happen. He released them from captivity when he said he would, and I'm going to enjoy the water in the desert, away in the wasteland. 
In the wilderness of desolate and barren, unsettled land is what that actually means. And I think a lot of us have felt that in our own lives. But I want to leave us with this hope today. And the band can come up. In Hosea 2, 14 through 15, it says, and this is God, or this is a Hosea writing this, and it says, therefore I am now going to allure her I will lead her into the wilderness and speak tenderly to her. And there, in the wilderness, I will give back her vineyards and will make the the valley of Achor a door of hope. And there she will respond as in the days of her youth, as in the days she came up out of Egypt. The valley of Achor, if I'm pronouncing it wrong, I apologize. But what's so beautiful is that it actually means trouble. So God's saying, some of us feel like we're in a wilderness season, but sometimes here in Hosea it's saying, I've led her into the wilderness so that her vineyards could grow. Sometimes we're in these seasons that feel like there's not water, there's, there's nothing for us, but God's like, there's so much more, just see. Not in the physical, but see what I'm doing in your heart. See what I'm pulling up out of that. See how you can mend relationships. Maybe it's just a faith step that takes us to that next rung in our relationship with God that we can have deep faith of who he is that even when we're in the valley of trouble, he trades it out for a door of hope. People of hope people of vision, people of excitement for what God's doing, people on the lookout. You know that hope, I learned this, I like to learn fun facts. Hope in the Hebrew is actually like expectation. It's it's basically the same thing. And it's like a string, when you pull that back on your bow, if you have a bow and arrow, and you have a string in the back, and you're pulling that arrow back, that string when it's in tension, it's kind of like hope expecting, when's it gonna pop up? When's it gonna pop up? As soon as it does, right timing, let it go. It's like that excitement, like when is this gonna happen? God's gonna move. It might be a minute, it might be a year, it might take a lifetime to see God come through, but I'm gonna be a person who waits in hope, even in the middle of wilderness seasons. I'm gonna pray for streams in the desert. And I'm gonna pray for streams of the Holy Spirit in our city. That's what I want. It continues on in Isaiah and talks about the Spirit being, that's exactly what this is. The Spirit being poured out over us. In a new way. And if you look at it, The most beautiful thing is that in the verses 16 through 17, when we're reading about how God did that for the Israelites, he parted the sea and made dry land. You know what he now promises them out of captivity? In the dry land, he's going to bring the sea. So sometimes we just, we get so stuck on how God has done it. Start looking for how God might do it in a new way, in a different way. Because God is creative, he is faithful, and he wants to be on this adventure with us. The old with the new, but working through us as these things change in our lives and that we just walk forward and willing to be the voice in the wilderness saying, prepare a way for the Lord, he is coming.
of hope and of joy and of excitement of what God's going to do. So let's stand together as we just think on these things because I feel like maybe we find ourselves in different camps here today. And I have the questions up on the screen. I just want us to read over them and think through it. Just from the first point, maybe what is something in the past that you no longer need to put weight to? That you need to let go. Maybe because it was such a good season of your life, you're afraid to take the next step because it's so unknown that you're not sure how that's going to turn out. Or maybe it's really difficult and there's the weight that holds you back from moving forward into freedom that God has for you, a burden that is light. A yoke that is light. That's what you get to divinely exchange it for. Or is your heart ready and available to see what God is doing in your life right now? To see, to pray that God starts popping up little things throughout your day to realize God's listening. He loves to hear the voice of his people. Are we ready and available for what he's doing? And I want to ask, how do you need God to make a way in your wilderness? How are the things, what are the miracles that God really needs to come through for in your life? And I don't know if we think about that all the time, unless it's a massive thing. But I even want you to think about the little things where God, you just want to pray that he comes through and makes a way and streams of living water flow from us. So I'm going to give us just a second, I'm going to pray, and then we're going to... We're going to head out, but I just want us to still take this moment that we have to sit with this question, maybe just one question, and let the Spirit just bring up something in your life. Holy Spirit, we just are grateful for your presence in this place. Father, I thank you that you want good things for your children. (laughs) I thank you that even in the midst of this broken world, God, that you meet us here, you see us. You are for us. You want more for us. You see how you're going to work things out even when it feels like we're in captivity. You see what's coming and you give us hope for the days ahead. Lord, I pray for any situation, any relationship that needs healing in this place that is so heavy on someone's mind and heart today, Lord God. I pray that you will just lift that off of them, that you will just move into that place and just be the one of reconciliation. Teach us to be people of reconciliation. Teach us forgiveness as you've forgiven us, Lord. Let us not go by that too quickly. God, I pray for the pain and the heartache of past years and days and maybe decades gone by that are keeping us tied back from living into everything you have for us, Lord, that we can remember what you did there, but we don't need to put up camp there anymore. 
It's time to move. It's time to get up and move. Lord, give us the courage and the excitement and the trust that we need and the faith it takes to step out just one step and to walk in what you have for us. And God, I pray for the things that we need you to come through for, for the big things, for healing um, in this place, Lord God, and for financial miracles. I pray for job changes that need to happen or people are afraid it's going to happen or an unexpected change that was too much for us to handle. Lord, I pray over those moments that feel like we're in a wilderness. I pray for miracles to take place. May we be people who expect you to be you. God, that we can expect you to come through to provide, to heal, to be there for us, Lord God, to never leave us or forsake us, but also to just forget about our sins no more when we bring them to you. Wash us white as snow. And let us be people of joy. Instill that in our chests today. <laughs> of excitement that no matter the situation we're in, you've got new things in store. Do we perceive it? And I hope that after today, we can look around and say, yes, God, we see how you're working and moving in our lives and in this city and in our generation, and we wanna be a part of it. And we wanna just bring hope to the people around who are not feeling it, Lord God. Give us courage to be strong. And to step out in faith, Lord. We love you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for um, just the conviction it brings, but also for the hope that we have when we read it. Lord, your promises are true. May we trust them and trust you in all things, Lord. We offer this time to you. And God, I just thank you um, for everything that you have done and what you will do as we go out this week, Lord. We love you. And in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen.